This is the Drew Experience Show, the show that's 80% combat sports and 20% everything else. But tonight, it's a, it's a break from martial arts. Um, as mentioned, the show's 20% everything else. But before I go on to who say who my guest is and what we're talking about, the show is brought to you by Forever the Student by Sensei Patrick Pinto. The book, an ebook that's about karate and martial arts' greatest mind, picking their brains of what gets them to excel at their craft. And Karate Tips and Tricks with Sensei Wesley Jensen and Darren Stringer, bringing minds of martial arts together during this time of pandemic virtually in order to uh, raise the bar of why karate, kickboxing, or whatever traditional martial art you do, boxing is always great to do. But without further ado, tonight I'm joined by a pretty special guest. I've known this guy for about oof, already seven years now. Uh, we went, We go back to our days playing ball hockey together back in the day i was he was an opponent of mine but then he became my uh, a teammate and won a championship together he's also become an accomplished pilot for in canada and um he's gonna give a story tonight about what's going on because what we're seeing in the news is pretty it's very sad you know watching people in the travel industry lose uh, their livelihoods especially pilots and air flight attendants who work their asses off to help during the first wave of the pandemic and yeah he's uh, gonna give a story and i'm joined by none other than my friend andrew guerreri welcome andrew thanks uh andrew that was a really uh generous introduction uh but uh thanks again for having me tonight uh yeah so uh really glad to be here talk to you a bit about what's going on uh, in the airline industry you know uh well we could keep it light uh, for your listeners <laughs> yeah you but, know what uh, yeah i like it unfiltered but you know not too unfiltered because i don't want to put targets on my back <laughs> on our back absolutely absolutely yeah so uh a little bit about myself i uh started flying in uh 2013 um did all my training here in uh, montreal then uh once i got all my licenses I went out uh, and searched for a job, took me to Northern Ontario, then all the way to Alberta, where I worked there as initially as a, I guess you'd call a bush pilot, just flying uh, small little uh, Cessna, small routes, uh, fishing trips, hunting trips, uh, surveys, forest patrol, fire patrol, things like that, bison surveys, you name it. Then uh, from there, I got a position as a uh, actually a, uh, a medevac pilot, which is essentially an air ambulance. So we'd bring uh, people who were sick in remote northern communities and bring them down to, uh, say, Calgary or Edmonton for treatment or whatever they needed at the hospital. And uh, yeah, then from there, I went uh, on to a major uh, Canadian uh, carrier. And uh, ever since... That was about three years ago. And then uh, since March of uh, 2020, I have not touched an airplane. This is the longest stretch I've gone without touching an airplane in my life. Well, in my life, prior to starting flying, right? Yeah. It's just so crazy. It's, 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 it's really it's devastating. I feel like my wings have been clipped. And uh, there's nothing more that I want to do than to get back up there uh, definitely right now. But that's a, a little bit about what's going on, my current situation. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's definitely been very, you know, we see the news every day, you know, the yeah. protests happening. What was it that was going on exactly? Because the media says one thing, but what was going on during the first wave when you guys were needed, were called upon, despite all the, everything travel shut down? What was the... Uh, how was the yeah, air we were we were very heavily relied on to bring bring or reunite fam families with uh, their homes in in Canada, and you know we stepped up to the task. And initially, at the beginning, you know there was no PPE uh, protective uh, equipment such as masks or gowns or whatever they're using now in the at the uh, for the air carriers, and uh, we just went out did what we were asked brought but uh, thousands of families home and uh you know hoping that you know we our industry wouldn't crumble the way it is right now because now we're seeing a very 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 little support as are many uh industries i'd say uh you know gyms restaurants well, small businesses you know we're not we're not the only ones and it, and it could affect big businesses like the airlines or even small ones right so it's truly tragic and we were there to help it initially, and then now we we feel like all our backs have been turned on. You know, we, there's no support plan. The there's flight shaming now. Uh, you can't get on a flight without being judged and saying like, oh, you should be staying home. You know, this is not a time to be traveling. Which you know, in all fairness, people are allowed to their opinions. But if someone wants to leave the comfort of their home to go somewhere else, that's also should be allowed, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. That, that's what happened in the first wave. Now, I guess during the second wave, we're seeing even stricter measures, which involve uh, just a complete, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just uh, this- Chokehold? Yeah, chokehold on the industry, exactly. Because now I think they're trying to implement, I think it is when you get back from travel, uh, they want you to stay in one of these uh, government uh, chosen hotels where you take a test and then you'll have to wait up to 72 hours, which can cost anywhere between two to $3,000. Wait for your results. If you're negative, great. You go home. If you're positive, they want you to continue staying in their designated hotel for the remainder of their 14 days. And you have to pay whatever expenses that you'd be incurring during those times. Which is crazy, which is just ex just saying like you shouldn't travel because we're going to make it really crappy for you if you go anywhere. <laughs> That's so asinine. Right? That's yeah. So, so they're so not asinine. they're not banning travel, but they're making it really hard to do so. Right. And it's really just putting a strain. Uh, thousands of my friends, colleagues have been all laid off waiting to, you know, just for anything from the government. You know, it's nice that they, they send us, you know, some money every month but uh, i think the real issue is we're seeing our our industry just collapse and there's going to be nothing to go back to so you can give us all the money we just want we actually want our jobs not the money which is the exact which is what we've been advocating from since the beginning you know you can only be furloughed for so long where you're not getting anything and you know mm -hmm. that goes for all industries and then what you're creating is like a is like a welfare is like a welfare state within a welfare state like you know yeah. i'm not an economic expert but there's a yeah. reason why like i'm very thankful that i'm in like in a, i'm in an essential service you know mm -hmm. I work in uh, telecom, but before right. that I was working in a supermarket mm -hmm. but even when they were whenever the government and you know like Especially the CERB, you know, I don't want to, and you know, this is going to sound controversial, but whenever the government comes out and says, 
here, here's a hand. We're going to help you. Just remember, you see my shirt here for everyone who's going to watch this. You see my shirt between mm -hmm. the shirt. There's always a knife because the government expects that payback. So mm -hmm. that's the problem. You know, look, I get it. It had its use, but I mean, there's like, it's like they, they think of how many people are going to like abuse the Serb basically. And then I, I totally agree. And, and not only the, the, the hidden knife, there's just, if you start giving out money, then the value of money diminishes, right? So they're actually giving you nothing in the end. You lose, you lost your job and they're giving you something that just is going down in value because everything else around you is going up. Groceries are going up, you know, uh, just the, the rents are going up because, you know, no one has anywhere to, to stay or you know it's just it's getting it's getting crazy right now <laughs> it really is and you know yeah. especially with the airline travel industry like at first like you guys are seen as heroes like you you know you talk about flight shaming i remember like like you have you have friends that are pilots or you know flight attendants that were going into hot zones like you know mm. get everyone out there going in like non-stop non-stop you know working right. even past overtime you know tell me right. about that what have uh, some of your friends said about that that you have that had to do some of these types of uh fly-ins well, a lot of us at the beginning uh you know like most people were were very concerned for their health and safety of not only themselves but like once they finish their shift they got to go back home to their family so you know that there was a lot of stress and the last thing you want in the cockpit environment is any kind of stress, right? You don't want your pilots being stressed out. <laughs> like, And uh, so that was tough to deal with, you know, going back home. I remember the last uh, flight I did was uh, to Columbus, Ohio. And uh, yeah, it was definitely in my mind. And, uh, you know, there was just this eerie feeling that night in the, the hotel, like just knowing that something was something was wrong you know the, the the my flight was on the way there was really empty because obviously no one was going into the states and then we had a full load on the way out which is pretty odd and uh yeah uh, we we worked hard and and now all we really want to ask for is support in the sense that we'd want to see rapid testing at the airports you know uh we don't want to see the restriction of healthy people you know, if you're if you're negative, you should be able to go back to your family, contribute to society, uh, continue to follow the health and guidelines that that uh, health guidelines that they put and the measures that they put. You shouldn't have to be there. Shouldn't have to be a blanket 14 day quarantine for all travelers. Where there's just no logic in that. That's literally how you destroy it. The industry. I mean, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, like, like, thank God, like, I have a friend, uh, mm -hmm. like, my friend, like, I have a friend named Nikki, and, you know, she just recently, like, got back, and, you know, this is before they put these draconian measures in, and, you know, right, thank right. God, you know, people fired back and said, this, what the, they were like, what the, they were like, what the hell is this? Like, are yeah. we living under democracy? Are we living under, like, uh, tyranny here? And, I mean, look, I understand, you know, there's, like, there's a difference between actual democracy, there's dictatorship, but it's, like, but, what this is going to show people is like when people say the government is here, no, the government's not here for you. The government only cares about their interests. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what benefits them? Like, look at all the, the loans that they gave out to businesses. Like, uh, like what, what's it been like from you understanding, like how, how crippling is it when you talk to people in the airline industry, like whether it's a, a, a flight attendant or a captain or a pilot, like what is going on right now with like, with, with like, how do they feel? What, what's the, yeah. I mean, I know I'm, I'm beating. Tell me I could, I could, I could show you the, that we, there's, we got a Facebook group of about, uh, I think it, I want to say about 12,000, uh, 
uh, aviation workers, and this is from everything, flight engineers, P, uh, P, uh, uh, baggage handlers, flight attendants, pilots, uh, you name it, gate agents, they're all in this, this group. There were about 12,000 people and it's just devastating. We're trying all the measures we can. We've coordinated uh, peaceful, I'd say, I guess they're protests, but the, it wasn't really a protest because we just, we just wanted to get seen and our voices heard, right? We've, we had gatherings in Ottawa, we had gatherings in all the major cities across Canada. And I can tell you it's, it's pretty, you know, there's always the, there's, there's two sides. There's the op, the optimist, op, sorry, optimistic ones. And then there's really the pessimists where they're just, they're devastated, right? They, they just see that their careers, you know, there's, and I, I've been in the airline industry for not long, I'd say about three years. I mean, overall aviation for about eight or nine years but uh, the airline specifically was about three years and you're seeing people who've lost their careers of 25 years plus who don't have who are laid off you know and you don't have anything else to go to it's like this is all right yeah exactly like i'm relatively young you know if the time comes where i need to say okay andrew maybe you know piloting is not something that you can do anymore that's fine i will move on i will work hard and i will find something else right it's tragic because i really love what i what i was doing and i still do and i you know if they told me to if they called me back tomorrow i'd say you know sign me up <laughs> but uh, it's just it's really sad you know we started we're starting this new uh i guess a uh, campaign now where we're uh, we're all taking pictures of ourselves in our uniform it's with uh, the hashtag it's Save beautiful. Canadian, Save Canadian Aviation. Can you hear us, Justin Trudeau? Because we just want to be heard. Because now the argument, and it's just like this, um, they're just going back and forth where the the politicians now are saying we're not going to help you until you give or refund travelers their money, and you know we're. The airlines are saying, well, we're not going to or give back the refunds until you provide us a bailout package because they won't survive if they hand out back all the money, right? Right. It's like, it's like be- you have to think about it. At a bank, if, if the government said, yeah, uh, there's going to be major restrictions at the bank, we're going to ask you to close down. You can't open up the banks anymore. We need you to give back all the money to all the customers. Well, the bank doesn't have that money tangible in their hands. They've had it invested in... whatever it is exactly they don't actually have the money tangible which is the same thing for the airlines they don't actually have the money tangible in their hands to give that all back to their the paying customers and when the time comes because all the uh all the refunds are they're not completely lost they will be they will be uh uh how how will i say it you can do the flight on a later date so it's not that they're they're taking the money away from you, right? They just, because of the restrictions right now, no one is able to fly. So when you are able to fly, you will get your flight that you paid for, right? And it's just making it really hard because we're we're looking like the bad guys, but honestly, we're just trying to stay afloat like anyone else is. The real villains are the governments. Right. Like, you know, in in this not... story particularly, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, shit on the government, but, you know, that's the that's where it's out to be right now you guys want a day they people want yeah. a trudeau this is what they got yeah, yeah this is what they got they got a weak leader i mean isn't it funny how like the governor general who leaves she gets like the like a lifetime pension how about she gives like 80 percent of that pension to like all like the, those like 
in the airline industry who lost everything. Ah, you know? our famous governor general. Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of funny things going on in parliament right now. Like our minister of transport was nowhere to be uh, Mark Garneau was nowhere weak. to be seen. He's weak. Very weak. And then in the heat of all of this, they promote him to uh, minister of foreign affairs. And we get a new um, a new leader uh, or a new MP in charge. Uh, uh, I forget his name, Al- algebra. I forget his name. Something like that. Something I can't, I can't remember. But anyways, we have a new new person in in charge of transport, and who, quite frankly, I haven't heard of until right now. <laughs> so it's just it's just all these just playing games right now they're just trying to do whatever makes them look good to get their voters back you know and they're all about you know it's crazy how they can't answer simple questions and they just deflect everything with saying it's all in favor of the health and safety of canadians right what really bothers me is the fact that like they when we want the data okay we want the data Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh, well, we don't have to give it to you. Like, that's, that's like a form of like, uh, like mob, that's mobocracy right there. You know, they're, they're like, they're withholding the truth. Like, you know, whether it's like for this, the gyms in Quebec, you know, like, I mean, you have uh, like what, like, you know, you have uh, your, your future sister-in-law, like she runs a, like a yoga studio. Like, like it's like, well, this not just applies to aviation, but it applies to like small business owners. Like they want the truth of like, where is the, the data and science, but no one's giving it to you guys. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just, the, the, there's just the, can, the more this pandemic goes on, the more there's just things that don't make sense. And you, you just have to ask yourself at one point, you know, like what, like how long are we going to deal with this, this nonsense? Because yes, there's a pandemic, but the, these rules that they're enforcing just, there's no logic behind it right and when they try and explain themselves you're like well a a two-year-old child could have came up with that logic you know like we could have my uh, my friend's my friend's pet hamster could could see through the bullshit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay mm -hmm. like a hamster right exactly so you're saying at the beginning that oh yeah masks are not effective no need to wear them but now masks are mandatory right uh what else um yeah, for for whatever reason, at first they, the shopping malls were open, then they're closed. Now they're open again. You know, at the beginning, I I believe I can find you a recording of uh, Legault saying that, oh yeah, um, curfew is something that you do only in times of war. We'll never be seeing a curfew. And here. then they did and it. Then yeah, it was a ruda. They did it. And now they're saying now they believe, which I you still there's no data to prove behind this. They believe that the curfew has been very effective because what's going on, their numbers are going down, right? But even if the, it is the curfew, you can't prove that it is because of the curfew that numbers are going down, right? And these numbers, they could be any number. They could be pulled out of a hat, right? Like no one sees where these numbers are taken from. No, not you, not me. You know they don't. You know, like they say it, it's all great and dandy. You just have to blindly believe it, right? And you're thing, you're basically like, asking us to have faith in our government, which is really hard to do because government since the beginning of time has not been faithful. You know, so, yeah, like uh, Ronald Reagan <laughs> said it best, you know, the, the worst thing that government is when the government comes out to you and says, hi, 
I'm your friend and my name is the government. You know, it, like it's so, it's so true. And, you know, people could say, and, you know, when you say you like Reagan or any conservative now, as mentioned, I'm not saying this because I'm on the right or the left, okay? But just yeah. look at how the government, like to all of you want to see, look at how the government has managed this. Look at your neighbors losing their livelihood. Look, like I'm talking to my friend here right now, my former teammate who was a mm-hmm. successful pilot. His life was taken off. And then he basically has, like, he just got punt. He just got his wings clipped, basically. No pun, pun intended. Not, yeah, 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 you know. It's like, it really is like, you know, and it's sad to see because, you know, like I, I remember like, you know, when uh, after we played our last, uh, on our last team together, like you went off to Calgary, you know, you made the move and you were doing great. And, you know, like to see like what's going on, it pains me for you, uh, my friend, uh, Sarah, uh, mm-hmm. who's a flight attendant. I'm, sh- I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Sarah Capozo, right? Through friends of friends. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's a flight attendant and, you know. Yeah. She's like you in the same field. And, you know, like, I, I hate seeing my friend. Like, I hate seeing people that I know and respect mm-hmm. like, have to struggle for this. And, you know, the pandemic, you know, it, it, it just makes you angry. Like, you know, like it's it's like, you know, and then when the people say when the election comes, you know what? I hope this really wakes people up. OK, like yeah. I really hope it does. I hope so, too. Uh, another try. One, one other thing I really want to point out, as you were saying, that our neighbors down in the south. Uh, so with all these travel bans that they've put on, uh, Canadian carriers, uh, you have to remember that if you'd like to go to Cancun, you can still grab American airlines, Delta airlines, any American carrier. So we are basically boosting America's economy right now because you can go on Google, uh, Google flights right now and book a flight all the way to Cancun through American airlines, Delta United, any, any other ones that fly through in any of our Canadian cities, which they continue to all fly, even though they've banned all those destinations for all of our Canadian carriers. So how could you expect us not to ask for something in return when you're banning us, but you're allowing others to do it? Others in the sense of other nations are doing it, right? And they're just stealing all our travelers. And you want to laugh? You want to laugh? The Russia's- very few profit margins we could have made are being taken away from us and they're given to our neighbors where uh, where's the logic <laughs> well, there's no logic it's nonsense that's why academics never made good businessmen no offense but mm-hmm. and uh like like you know like it's like you're you're they're good at giving speeches they're good at like you know like but they need economy like actual business people and they're like you know like to represent you guys to be like look like you know i'm a business owner of an airline company mm-hmm. you know why can't we have the bailout, you know, like my company was flying back Canadians. Like the first wave, as mentioned, I understand. And uh, the first wave was like very useful. Like, you know, I was not used to uh, stand corrected there. Let me just uh, make that clear. Like I meant the first wave, it was nice to see everybody coming together. Like, you know, like everyone was just working together no matter what. And I really Mm -hmm. thought, you know, this could bring us together. Now I just feel everybody's uh, yeah, everybody. It's, it's very, it, yeah, the tables have turned big time. It was really great at the beginning. Everyone did come together. You know, we, we worked hard. We locked everything down and we had a, I'd say a, a pretty decent summer. I had a good summer. I don't know how yours was apart from not having a job. Like, you know, things were nice, but then, you know, picked up again and just everyone has their own opinions and there's so much information out there that you don't even know what to believe anymore. Right. And uh, the only thing you can listen to is the government and you're listening to them and you're like, this is crap. This is bull crap. This is, this doesn't make sense. This is, you know, this is nonsense. 
So then you start venturing off onto the internet and you're like, oh, this is a possibility. Oh, and you got to start questioning, you know, and I, I hate when uh, people who question what, you know, the mainstream media say, says are called conspiracy theorists. It's just, no, it's just common sense asking the right questions, right? You know, you got to you gotta be able to question the government. That's the whole point of it's of a democratic government. You can't, they can't just rule because then that would be a dictatorship. I, my my right? my my mom's ancestors fled the Soviet Union for a reason because they saw how this was going to end up, and now I feel like you know we're not living in communism, but it's like when I see like how the government's like playing with the information, it's it doesn't bode well. It really does not bode well. And you know, look, I get it's a lockdown, but how long, much longer until the people start people start getting hungry, people start getting restless because that's the thing you know it's it only it's only a matter of time it, it just takes look what happened in washington i mean i'm not condoning what happened in washington mm-hmm. but you can see like how angry people are regardless if it's division like it it takes one it just takes one to do what goes on there and you know yeah. that's that's just that's i mean it, it could get to that sadly because you can't keep like choking someone from making a living or living their life to provide for their family. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they're making it really hard on not only, you know, myself, yourself, whoever else is affected, but Canadians as a whole, you know, and they're, they're just dividing us more because there's people who are thriving during this pandemic and there's others who are, you know, seeing some real hardship and it's, it's really, it's really sad. Alberta and BC are like opening up. Okay. And it's like, mm-hmm. they've done it well. Like that's like, and like, I don't know what Alberta and BC do, but then some say the argument is, well, they're more dispersed than, you know, they're more, sp- they just have better government. Like Bonnie Henry of BC knew how to put tighten that ship, that shit up and be like, mm-hmm. yo, like these are the rules. People listen, but in Quebec, you have a Ruta saying one thing and then the next day, another thing. And then it turns out the ghost said it. It's like, and then you have Ontario and don't get me started on, on, on Ontario. Cause it's based, I, I feel like Ontario and Quebec, it's twiddle D versus twiddle dumb. Like <laughs> Ontario, Ontario will, Ontario will come out and say, yeah. I got a really shitty idea. <laughs> and then Quebec and then Legault will come out and say, and I'll make it even shittier. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are definitely feeding off each other. And then you have the Maritimes where they're just so far back and they love the draconian feel there. They they eventually they want to leave their, their area by horse and buggy because that's all that's gonna be left for them to get out of there. I thought just, the Maritimes is doing good. Yeah, they are doing good, but they uh, they have uh, strict, strict rules on air crew that fly into there and have to overnight there. You have to stay in your hotel. Basically, it's a jail sentence anytime you have to lay over in the Maritimes. What's it like going to the territories? Uh, I've been to the territories a handful of times. Uh, I've never stayed there, though, overnight, so I, I can't. Uh, but, I mean, I've, been, I've lived in northern remote com- communities of Alberta. And uh, it's it's eye opener for sure. It's not the the same thing of living in. I've been a city boy all my life, and then like going when out. When you say remote communities, are we talking like with First Nations? Or are we talking like? Yeah, yeah, we're talking First Nations, and we're talking about r- remote communities in the sense that they they only have uh, an ice road in the winter time, and then during the summertime, you're either taking a boat to get like a barge that that you can drive onto, and then uh, it'll drive you across to to uh, the town and uh yeah that's the that's how what i mean by remote they are so yeah (laughs) 
so behind still. And we have lots of places like that in Canada still. And uh, that's okay. That's uh, that's fine too because our, we have a huge land in Canada. You can't expect it to all be major cities like uh, our our friends down south. But uh, we we all I gotta say all in all is we have a beautiful country like the the va- just from tip to tip it's insane, just gorgeous. You'll never hear a Canadian say, "Yeah, I'm gonna live in Saskatchewan though." <laughs> Uh, to be fair, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why people shit on. Okay, you, like, why do you, why do you think people shit on Saskatchewan so much? I don't know. I, I've 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 overnighted a lots of times in Saskatchewan, and uh, I only have good good memories there, so I can't say uh, anything otherwise. I mean, it's small, you know. I don't know. I've I've kind of grown to like these small towns, but I, I mean, I stayed in Saskatoon, Regina, and uh, they're big enough cities. Like they have malls, they have nice things. Like <laughs> they're not deprived of anything. So it's just a really a preference, right? I guess there's so. no hills that you know. So if you <laughs> like winter activities, well, you better like snowshoeing, right? Tough luck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, there's then you have Alberta. Well, there's like Al- like Alberta. Like oh man, like Alberta's so vast. You have like Lac La Biche, and then you have yeah, all yeah. these other areas like Calgary. Then you have like Red Deer, and then you have like the the farm, and then you have like Banff. The mountains then, right next door. Yeah, exactly. Uh, BC's wild. I mean, you know what's crazy about BC? Like it's like there's like it's like apparently there's like one part of BC where like part of it's in Alaska, but it's still considered like Canada, even though it's in Alaska. Like have you ever mm. heard about this? Uh, no, but I mean, uh, just like geographically speaking, they are right next to each other. Yeah. So, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all, but, uh, yeah, they're gorgeous there too. Uh, Vancouver's beautiful. Uh, you know, oh, I got, uh, such a, I got a story for you. Okay. So uh, you're in air yeah. travel. Okay. Yeah. So you've been, you've been, you've been to Trudeau. Let's be honest. The airport security at Trudeau is mm-hmm. nothing compared to the West. Cause the West, like the, the Vancouver boys, they do not play around they do not play like quebec you could be like yeah so uh what are you coming back with ah uh, you know four hundred dollars and then you'll probably mm-hmm. have like something you don't want to claim vancouver yeah they don't really i didn't know i never i mean every time i'm traveling it's usually for work you know the mm-hmm. handful of times where i travel as a passenger i've i've only traveled through trudeau and it's been okay experience <laughs> but yeah. honestly it's much easier to travel as an air crew than it is as a passenger for sure <laughs> yeah so here's the story so my dad yeah. you know my late dad you know rest of, you know god rest his soul tom um so my dad uh when we used to do business in hong kong okay so you know hong okay. kong obviously you could get like designer stuff like for a really cheap price because you know right. that's hong kong so this is the 80s we're talking about so under british rule um he comes back from, uh, it was in 86. I think he was back from Bermuda with my mom because my dad had to do like, did a lot of work. So my dad's coming back and um, a customs agent is like, uh, hey, um, so what are you claiming? And my dad back then, you know, 1986, you know, what was the limit? Like what, $150 if you compare inflation to today, basically? Right, right, yeah. yeah. So, so he's like, so he says, oh, you know, I'm claiming about like, you know, $100 and... So while he's like claiming the, the agent is like, uh, yeah, so uh, what about that watch you have on you? I see mm. the tag is still on there. Did you claim that? Mm. The tag is still there. So they're like, my did he have like, the tag on? 
Yeah, the tag was on the watch. Oh, to wow. <laughs> took him in the back. They took yeah. him in the back. They interrogate him. Like, what are you doing? Are you importing ex- illegal stuff? Because we know, because the thing is, you think of it, Vancouver and is like on the Pacific and that's where China, that's access to Asia and China. So right. I totally understand where the agent's coming from. Moral of the story, as my dad says, listen, when you claim anything at the airport, do not leave the fucking tags on there because you mm-hmm. will be mm-hmm. penalized like no tomorrow like at one point the agent said like well listen he's like i'm pretty sure this was a first time mistake but just so you know like you know if we wanted to we could audit you and mm-hmm. that's the worst thing you could have happen when an air security says we're gonna audit you with everything yeah. you've earned like and then the government gets involved Oof. absolutely uh, yeah i mean i've had a few uh, cases where i had to go into secondary screening but uh, my best advice for that is just just be honest and uh yeah you won't have a problem <laughs> don't don't joke around about carrying weapons don't joke definitely around. not no that's do, not a cool thing do, to do. <laughs> do do not do not act like a baller when clearly you're not because they can catch on that bullshit right away like you know yeah. pretending to be you know like it's, it's 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 a tough job man it's a really tough job like you know it takes a certain character to do that you know yeah for sure for sure are they like how is the is airport security like are they all they've also been affected by this whole thing too right like everybody oh, yeah or? of course any airport staff definitely i, I mean I'm, i can't say that there's no airport staff right now because they obviously need some sort of uh, system there but you know, where you had uh, even the border agents, right? Like, even say you had any time someone like, I don't know, they, they, they always seemed like they were understaffed because the lines were always massive. But say you had, I don't know, 10 border agents working, right, at customs. Now, it's gone, it's been depleted 90% capacity, right? So, you're talking 90% of, of if you had 10, so they have one agent there right oh now. Oh, my God. Right? Because so they don't need it. There's, there's just no need for it right now. So, and we can't even see, we can't see any hope right now because there's no like slow rise in travel, right? We could only see more restrictions and more restrictions put on our industry. So that there's literally like any hope is very, very bleak right now. Yeah. Just like it's a travesty. It's yeah, hard for to watch. It, yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, not only for the airlines, but, you know, a lot of business, uh, a lot of, uh, other industries right now, you know, the gyms is, is also something I can't get wrap my head around, you know, something that's supposed to really be benefit yourself. Uh, you know, your mind, your body is taken away from you right now. Right. And um, working out in your garage is not the same as getting out there, you know, like it, the motivation to do something like that is very, you need to have a lot of will. It's not saying it's impossible, but it's, it's unfair to, you know, people who lack a bit that motivation, you know, I was someone who used to train, you know, three, four times a week. And it was always at hotel gyms, which are now a thing of the past because I don't even think those would be open right now. And, um, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big, big advocate for that too because honestly, in the last year, I must have put on a good 20 to 25 pounds. And I'm not saying it's the government's fault, but par- they are partially to blame here. <laughs> you know? I got to take responsibility too because I gained weight too. I mean, yeah, when I was yeah. competing in uh, when I was competing in uh, full contact karate, I mean, I was 
weighing one like my my walking weight was 185 my competition mm. weight is 180 and then like i ballooned up to like 200 but there's other reasons for that it's gonna come out soon mm-hmm. but it's just it doesn't make sense i mean look i mean i have friends who own martial arts studios i mean you know your as i said your future sister-in-law i mean mm. shout out to Alyssa. you I mean she's doing what she can to like teach kids you can't teach kids on zoom it doesn't work like mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure she would agree you know with me and, you know it, it's like it's like it's like virtual learning does not work it's a mm-hmm. fail it's a it's a it's it's a fail okay like i'm gonna say it again it's an f-a-i-l okay so <laughs> i'm gonna say it again it's a fail like it's it's like it's it's just it, it, and I, it's like, I can't even do these Zoom lessons, like, or these, like, Instagram live. Like, look, no right. offense to people who add me. Like, when I have, I love the invites, but I'm probably not going to do it because I just don't have the willpower. It's like, I, it's like, I have, like, my, I do what I can with what I have, but it's like, it's. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been tough. It's been tough. And I, I would love to get back to a gym, start having a regular routine, you know. Not this, uh, oh, yeah, okay, we're open for four months, and then now we're going to shut everything down again. Yeah, you gain weight and, and lose your livelihood. Uh, you know about training. You, you can't just train for four months, and it's a lifestyle, right? It, it, it's not something that you can come and go, like, you have to keep consistency is key, right? So if you want to, you know, and now they're, they're asking you to stay home, be locked up. What do you do when you're at home? You bake, you know, you 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 cook, you make comfort foods because you you're wait, bored, you right? You order Uber Eats. I'm ordering order I'm Uber Eats. Exactly, Uber Eats. Oh, the, that cheese bread from that that half moon cheese bread from Pizza Pizza is my new addiction. There you go. There you go. And we all have our own, you know, I like a little bit of the Portuguese chicken too much, you know? I like but, French uh, fries. Yeah, I like French fries, poutine. You know, it's well, that's the one thing great about Quebec is we have the best poutine all around the, the world. <laughs> we have the best fast food. It gives it's gonna give us the diabetes. That's right. Yeah, the diabetes is gonna beat us before before our time. That's for sure. Oh and God. that's another thing that that they're not realizing that. Uh, anyways, it's it's very frustrating because. You know, you want people to be healthy, but you're doing everything that goes against uh, the uh, avoiding or uh, what's it called? How can I say say it? Instead of like treating uh, what's 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 wrong with people, you know, you're 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 taking away the the, the methods that we're avoiding all that. Uh, you know, and it's it's really sad. You know, people having jobs, livelihoods, good for mental mental health. You know. Taking that away is horrible. Physical activities, taking it away is bad. Like, you know, you're just gaining weight, you know? it's And these are industries that need to be, could not be open sooner because of what's going on. And, you know, have all the measures put into place. I think the real disaster is that our healthcare system is falling into shambles and unable to cope with a thousand people in the hospital at one time. It's say we were worse. to have, exactly. Say we were to have a... a a devastating earthquake god forbid right like something like that we would just they wouldn't be able to cope you just see people you know what i mean like they don't have the infrastructure and it's really sad that they spend all kinds of money on whatever they spend money on you know but our healthcare system you know which was once the envy of the world because it was it's free right is now laughable because we can't contain you know this pandemic and everything that they're claiming to do is to help not over uh over uh 
capacitate the hos the hospitals. That that that's what they're trying to explain. That's why they do what they're doing. That's what their argument is, right? I mean, and, I don't know. Don't spend money on the language laws and police. Exactly. I don't think Quebec then, could care about that. I mean, how about making it easier to become a doctor maybe with yeah, all the restrictions? Like exactly. in Quebec, it's like the toughest to be a nurse even. Like yeah. why and is then, Alberta doing so good, but we can't have like, uh, like what's that? Yeah, get pro, get, you know, students in younger to be nurses, doctors, you know, don't, uh, you, you got to, Go to the source. You go go to the beginning, the root. Not just solve, just pick the leaves at the end. You know, you really gotta. They gotta see the bigger. I I know now it's too late. So arguing about it is is but in the future because this will happen again. It's in, inevitable, right? Whether it happens in the next hundred years, the next fifty years, tomorrow, you know, they need a better plan because this is obviously not working <laughs> this is a look this is, we're in the age of pandemics they said i mean i hate to break it to you i remember seeing an article where they said think of the forests that have been destroyed and all the viruses that those forests contained mm -hmm. that for thousands of years that are just going to be exposed to like you know like animals and you know humans it's right it's this is the age of pandemics i mean yeah it's gonna return you know what's the next pandemic gonna bring are they gonna look back at this and say oh let's lock everything down again They're like that yeah, that's gonna work Mm -hmm. That's going to mm -hmm. work again. I mean, I think people, once they, after the second wave, I think people are a bit sharp. But at the same time, I hate to say it, people have short-term memories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because as soon as this thing goes away, they'll be like, oh, it never happened, right? But it did happen. And you, we need to, if this happens again, I don't want to ever be in lockdown. I don't want to have to ever go through this again. And I don't want my kids to go through it. I don't want anyone to go through this again because this was poorly managed and we're suffering the consequences of it i mean i think everybody can like i mean no matter who you put in power i mean i just think everybody's dealt with this badly i mean it's, mm -hmm. but it's funny how russia's back to normal like that's just that's russia russia's just russia's just a crazy country like they don't they are well, there are white people who are not normal there's a lot of places that are you know back to normal or claim to be back to normal because we've how could we really know what's going on in, in China, right? <laughs> or other parts of China, right? Uh, but, you know, we see Australia, New Zealand, they seem to be doing uh, really well right now. So uh, just us who seem to be uh, unable to get acquire vaccines and whatnot. Uh, our, our government's just having a hard time right now. <laughs> They're just trying to make themselves look good. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like, oh my God, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like the worst. I don't, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. It's like, it's like, it's like Israel is already half their population's vaccinated right? basically. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And Canada sits way at the bottom of this list of, of vaccinations, right? But that's a, that's all right. We uh, we can expect that with our sleeping government here. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and uh, it's it's just nuts. But you know, I don't want to make it too much about this politics because for sure someone's going to be pissed off and they're going to absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we could yeah. switch it up. <laughs> yeah. So I say it at the intro. Back in the intro, like you know, you were my teammate in ball hockey, man. Those were the days. UBHL, United yes. Ball Hockey League. <laughs> the dogs, the electric spark plugs. What other teams did we go under? Okay, so here's where the teams, okay? So I remember like night and day. There was the dogs. There was the yeah. prospects. Not yeah. us teams. There was the prospects. There was the Blackhawks. There was the Majestics. 
Yes, the Majestics, yes. Shout out to Ferry Both, Jonathan Ferry, who's going to come yeah. on the show soon, and we're going to talk about only that. But maybe Michael Lestoria, too. Like, I have uh, big news is, like, I've got into touch with uh, Lestoria, if you remember him. He was a, he's going to come on, you know. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not putting pressure on him. You know what? Mike, you better get on the show soon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mike, get will, on the show. Yeah. Um, I know very well, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man. Like, do you remember that one season? Like, I mean, like, like whether, like, the – like like the dogs had some gritty teams like even with the majestics like we had like before we became teammates like we had some competitive rivalries on our teams absolutely yeah we did yeah the majestics was one of the teams i did not like to play <laughs> um, but you know it was because of the rivalry that was there you know and uh i missed that for sure hey fun we- fact i scored my first career goal in ball hockey versus you remember that it was versus me you know i yeah. try and i try and forget the goals that have been scored on me <laughs> yeah, i know i know but that was like that was like just a funny thing i had to mention because i was like i was never like a scorer until like my final season if you remember when i played yeah. with the silver tips that's it there was the team the silver tips remember uh-huh. that uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that team we loaded up yeah like the but uh yeah the majestics were a good team uh very good team. What yeah. rivalry do you remember other than with the Majestics? The Dogs had a rivalry with another team I remember. Was it the Blackhawks or the Prospects or Sub-Zero? Sub-Zero was a tough team. But for me, my biggest team that I always wanted to beat was the Majestics. And we did not have the, your number that season. You always had us that season. And then what do you do when you can't beat the opposition? You join them. <laughs> under a so, different name. Under that a different was, name, exactly. Yeah. Man, that was funny. That was hilarious. That 2015 winter season. So I get yeah. a call from uh, Frankie, the, the owner. Shout out to Frankie. I miss yeah. you, man. You know, Frankie's like, uh, listen, he's like, um, so I know you got back from California and I have a free agent team. I'm not going to really be in the league, but can you kind of like manage the team? And I was like, yeah, why not? But like the team we had was like, oh my God, it was like, it was like, you were like, we won one game when you came in. And then when another game we played, it's like we didn't have good players. Like we just, this guys, was which team? This is what spark was the plugs, name? The, the oh, plugs. Spark plugs. Yeah. 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 But we grew off of that though. If I remember. Oh God, we were like one in like three. We, we grabbed the right pieces after. The bet, yeah, we had it was like Dominic. Then we got Ivano. Then uh, at one point, mm. I'm like, hey, I'm like, what if we get Vince on the team? Yeah, Vince came on. Yeah, that's right. I was playing. Greco was playing. Dan Greco. Greco was solid defenseman, man. Well, he was like, oh, I loved having him there as a demon. Like, he would cover everything that I couldn't pick up, and like vice versa. He's a great defenseman. Ball hockey, anyways. I don't know how he is on the ice. I Me played. neither. I mean, yeah. So for those who think who think we played ice hockey, first of all, I can't skate, so that's why yeah. I played ball. I actually, I don't think Dan plays ice hockey. Dan, if ever, if you're listening, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think he played ice hockey either. But he was killer defenseman on uh, on ball hockey. Yeah, I, I would say he reminds me of uh, like you know when I watch him play, like he was just so he was he really was like a Drew Doughty in ball in uh, mm. ball hockey, just so good at both ends. Yeah. Then we brought Matt Norman, Matt Normie. He was on the show too. Like, oh for, yeah, he was just the workhorse man. That guy, you could not stop him. He just 
had energy and the cardio of like a, a horse, man. He could just continue, 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 continue. And when you think you can't continue, he continues. You know what I mean? Like he he was really he was a really strong player. Yeah. He I was remember. a good captain. He was honestly like him and Ferry. Like I remember there was uh like, it's like I, w- I didn't become an assistant captain until like my final two seasons in ball. Cause I just felt like I wasn't ready for that role yet. But uh, I, uh, what was it? I like Ferry and Matt had such chemistry together. Like they, they, did, they, yeah. they, they cause they played ice. They played ice together for so long. So mm-hmm. when you have that, you're on the same lines together constantly there. Like fairy was like the ultimate finisher. Like Matt yeah. just knew where to find them. Like every time. Like, yeah, they were really worked out. And we went, where's the picture? Where's the us winning the, uh, the you know cup. What? So let me, uh, let me, <laughs> you know what? Do oh, you got that? it somewhere. Yeah. I got to I'm going to have to put it up on, uh, I'm gonna have to put it up on, um, facebook and instagram after this be like for those who want to know that was a fun team man like remember like at one point like we played it was uh marco's team and he had uh and then at one point he um and like they were they like the league wanted them to win let's be honest they didn't want us to win but like i remember we had dom uh with the slap shot remember dom with the slap shot rinaldi remember the guy that just the the, uh, the name is not going with the uh, he was in our team yeah well i got i'm pulling up the team picture right now just so i can get all the faces in you know what i mean cuz i'm i'm just not remembering oh, the guy with the slap shot he's going he's going to be offended when uh, when i when i <laughs> when i'd be like oh yeah that's dom oh yeah i remember dom yes for lack of a better word, the older guy on our team. <laughs> yes. Yes, now I remember. Yeah. Dom used to always call me, you know. The veteran. You, sorry, the not veteran. the older guy. The veteran on our the veteran. team. The veteran present is what call, I meant to say. He used to call me all the time. You know, you yeah. got to get Matt to play in all situations with Greco. Yes. Greco cannot be penalized. And it was like, I know, Dom, I know. Late night conversations, man. You know, those were fun days. And then, oh, yeah, he, he was involved like that. He would call me every, like, after every game, you know, Andrew's a good goalie, man. You know, the other guy we had before, ah, the guy was a, well, the guy, like, he, like, <laughs> he was like, he's like, he's like, thank God Andrew was on the team, man, because Andrew, man, you know what? Some, he's like, some nights it's like, he might not be his best, but you know what? He makes the save when it counts. And, you know, Greco and yeah, him, they yeah, have yeah. that connection there. And it was – Ivano was good. Um, but my first season, I, I struggled. I wasn't – you know, I, I really – over the seasons, I became better and better because I was not the goalie I was, you know, near our – when we won the uh, the cup. No, like, I yeah, the dogs teams – like, the thing – I think the dogs could have been a very good team. Mm-hmm. If they had players to show up, because you guys were always shorthanded. Yeah. You guys always didn't have a complete team. And the one time you did have a complete team, it was like, there was no chemistry. Like, I hate to say it, but like, that's a. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And it was always a, a struggle for sure. Okay, here we go. I think I found our picture. Here we go. I'm going <laughs> to try and blow this up so you can see it right now in the video. Yeah, let's see. Let's bring it over. Let's see. People are gonna see it. Let's see. 
Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, so uh, for those who want to for those who want to know, Greco's there next to Andrew. I'm in the Winnipeg Jets shirt. Normie's next to me. There's the veteran above us. Ivano's there. Ferry's on top. You know, shout out to Ferry. Vince is there, and then we had. Uh, I don't remember the other guy, but I, I don't remember his name either. For Chris, the life of me, yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris. That's it, yeah, Chris. That's um, it, yeah. Oh my god, that was. But I also it. have. The, hold on, this. This was our electric plugs, okay, three-time champions. And yeah, the Blazers, one, right? Yeah. yeah, the Blazers. Here you go. Yeah, uh, same team, but there was uh, Monty in the, uh, that team. Yeah, yeah, we had a good. Then we had the Gaudios. Remember that one game where Gaudio popped the bottle in the overtime winner? Oh, he bought. I don't. I don't. I don't remember that. He popped the bottle for the winner. Oh, yeah. No, like he was. He was on the like uh, Gaudio. Remember Mike Gaudio? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, so Gaudio and Silvio were together. We played against that team. We lost to them in the final in 2015. It was um, the Yahoos. Oh, my fucking God, I hate. You want to talk about a team that I hate playing against? Like, because they had, like, they had, like, the, 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 the they had the guy, Amir, the, the mm -hmm. Pakistani guy, like, just fucking annoying to play against. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the, on the ice, a pain in the ass. Oh, but sure, off the yeah. ice, super nice guy. Like, super, super. Like, he was, uh, there was him. The one guy that I, that I hated on that team was John. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck, I have a story. Johnny. I'm not going to say his last name because the guy's missing a few loose screws. You remember Mass Detere? No. Massimo uh, Detere? Maybe, maybe, maybe by face, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not. Little guy. He always used to wear number 19. He always used to wear number 19. Little guy had a bit of, like, reddish brown hair. He was a big Bruins fan. So, okay. Massimo was on the Blackhawks and yeah. Johnny you knows how, how fucking pathetic do you have to be at the 40 year old to go up to a 19 year old at the time to say, Hey, I'm going to find where you live and murder you. Like, uh, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember Johnny. So, um, do you remember the Buna country brothers, mm, Mike nope. and Anthony? They were like tall, but they could always score goals. Okay. Uh, okay. remember Mike Majore? Yeah. Okay, so majority, yeah. I was on it. I was like, I was like, I played one game, two games with them. Okay, so yeah. it was against the Yahoos. So Johnny was playing, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is, uh, this is like tonight's. It's like I'm gonna get in this guy's head. So yeah, story goes. So like, um, Mike's like, now he's like, do what you can, but don't get penalized. So I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like I'm gonna piss him off. So every time I'm in his mm -hmm. face. He's acting all tough. He was a bandana. Like, who the fuck wears a bandana and ball hockey with a helmet? Like, you think you're a pirate or something or like a wannabe <laughs> motorcycle? So he's coming up to me. He's always like, bro, he's like, you got a big fucking palm. You don't know who I am. I'm like, why well, like, are you wearing a bandana for? Like, are you in, are you, uh, like, I'm like, Halloween's not till October 31st. We're only in June. Like, are you, are you trying to rehearse to be a, an outlaw biker? Cause we all yeah. know like you, you failed at life already. So how the fuck you think you are? So now I'm going after him. I'm just going after him. Uh, then at one point we had a guy named Malcolm, like a big black, uh, Malcolm was like a Haitian guy and apparently okay. allegedly Johnny made a bit of a racial slur to him. Mm -hmm. Malcolm did not take lightly to that. So Malcolm was like, Malcolm comes into the penalty box. He's like, that penalty was so fucking worth it to take against him. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So at one point we score in overtime. Mm -hmm. So Massimo scores the winner in overtime. It was like one of the best overtime winners I've ever seen. So after that, like get to shake hands, obviously. So Johnny's in the background and I'm like, uh, and he's like, he's like, get the fuck away from me. He's like, you fucker. He's like, you fucking piss me off this and that. I'm like, shake my hand. He's like, oh, fuck you. So I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to do it. I'm like, shake my hand. 
Come on, come shake yeah. my hand. <laughs> come shake my hand. He's uh, like, he's like, I'm gonna fuck you up. You stick your fucking hand in me. I'm like, come shake my hand. He's like, I'm gonna fuck up. Yeah. I'm like, come first, come closer. I want to smell that pussy of yours. <laughs> captain comes That's up to story. me. His captain comes up to me. Yeah, you have a lot of nerve. You know, John, he's not all there. I'm like, are you a shadow? I'm like, are you a shadow? Like you're yeah. shadowing him? Like, you yeah. know. And then he's like, and then Johnny's walking by, and then I'm like, and uh, and I'm like. And I'm like, and I just like say it. I'm like, isn't it funny that you have to have like your captain defend you? Like, uh, and like Johnny's like, oh, I'll fuck you up. And I <laughs> slam the door. Frankie goes in, starts yelling at them. They're yelling at me. And then I'm just yelling in my, in the dressing room, Johnny. And I just hear Johnny losing it. It was, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. One of those guys. It's like, it's like if I saw him again, no, I'm not going to lie. I mean, like, uh, what am I playing against him? But I mean, it's probably one of those. He's probably one of the guys that like, I wouldn't like. Listen, man. Anyone that disrespects Massimo Dettori like was that. he was he decent at ball hockey though? Like, he was a good player. He was, he was a, good a good player. player? Yeah, okay. I'm not so lying. Probably, probably lie. want him. Probably want him on your team and not want to you know play what? against him. For sure. Exactly. I'll be honest. Yeah. You know what? I hated playing against him. Yeah. But to have him on my team, I am sure. Like, I would be like, you know what? Like, I would like, I would, I would like have, a, I would give a guy a beer for him. But like, yeah, but it's hard. Like to have players with such aggression, you know, it, it's hard to c- contain that, you know. And sometimes when it's too much, it's too much. And to me, you got to part ways with with uh, with teammates like that. If they're too aggressive and you can't, you know, they're just yelling and screaming, they can't control their anger. You you take away from the game, right? Exactly, and so. it's ball hockey too. But like, there's like, but that was one guy that. Like, and it's ball hockey, exactly. <laughs> we're not in the NHL. Yeah, that's why. Exactly, that's why Ferry. Yeah. That's why Ferry and I retired. Like, look, there's some days I want to make a team again. Like after watching the last dance, but like. Let's make a team. I'm there. I'll be your goaltender. I'm there. I just want to get in shape. If we again, can, yeah. if we can get something open in the summer, I'm there. Even if it's outdoors, I'm I'm your guy. I still have the equipment. I'll you know throw the dust off of it. I just we'll gotta get. Yeah, I don't talk to, I mean, like, I mean, my favorite teammate I've ever played with, I mean, was the two guys. Obviously, I love playing with you, Matt Ferry, Greco, and the Gaudios. But, man, like, do you remember when we had David on our team, the blonde hair guy, that number 10 that played with Ferry when the dogs played the Jestics? Their Ferry had, like, was played with a guy named David. Okay. Uh, David Santo. And uh, Santo, oh, my God. Santo was, like, the best player, like one of the best like, uh, yeah. snipe. Oh my David PT too. Shout out to David PT. Like the Majestics, like they're solid, yeah. I oh man, like that team went that we just went undefeated. That's like yeah. It, it's like to do what Very we did. Team, like, yeah. like, but we had a purpose to play though. Like I mean we were playing for cancer awareness. Like I mean we weren't doing this just to like you know like uh like stomp the like we just had a good team but then they came up with the salary cap after that right, because of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. People found ways to get around it. Do you remember uh, Johnny Caristo, his slap shot? Oh my, big Dude. G, big. I just saw, I just saw a, an Instagram post. He was just like shooting the puck around, uh, like oh on some God. ice, some pond, well, that whatever, some skating rink outdoors and he still has the most wicked slap shot I've ever seen. And to this day, I love, Play, having him in my team and not having to save his pucks because you just couldn't tell the trajectory of that ball. Like anytime you launched it, it was curving in the air because it was just so fast, man. He had, I think the hardest shot in the league by far, by far. There was him. There was, um, 
Parazzi, the Alex Parazzi, another one, another tall guy that was Big really shot, good. But his just his size alone just I think made him have the strongest shot in the league. I you think know, anyways. You know who I liked for his craftiness though? Who I like it was Stephen Che. Stephen Che had Oh like, yeah, yeah. Strong. He was so yeah, he was very good. Yeah. And like everyone's like, ah, this guy is like he's a new uh, you know what? I played with Steven and you know what? Don't let the look fool you, man. He's one of those guys that doesn't look like he can do much, but Steven is like wired like i remember we had him in my wiffle ball team fucking wiffle ball you want to talk about bad ball hockey or wiffle ball i remember Whiff- another good player the uh he's a real estate agent i'm forgetting degregio nick degregio yes, yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to nick yo I re- if anyone's looking for real estate please yeah. see nick degregio sorry nick nick degregio like degregorio yeah i i can't pronounce it but you know what nick was a was a solid player, man. You he know was what? Solid, yeah. Solid, like, and I mean that as a noun and an adjective. Like, I, sometimes, like, I hated playing against him first, but then eventually, when I got to know him, like, Nick and I became good buds, respectful to. I hated playing versus him. Was, even Steve and uh, Chad was like, but you, when you see them play, you're like, you can't deny that these guys they have some really good talent. Nikolai, you know? Nikolai, and Mike Romito. Yeah. Oh my God, Nickel! <clears throat> I remember I watched Nikolai. School. It was in Frankie's Monday League when it was like all the good players. I had to go. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. to go coach. I went yeah. by to go uh, coach a game, and Nikolai just schooled the defense, and he goes on top. Just the way he celebrates, Nikolai, man, oh. Nikolai. It looks. He's Italian, but he looks like Sergei Fedorov. Like that kid, oh, yeah. Sergei Fedorov's adopted. <laughs> well, kid. With a name like Nikolai, though, you know, <laughs> you think. Yeah, but Jordan, uh, is there still a league? Nah, like what happened was okay. No, so eh? after, so I'll tell you what happened. So remember the Silver Tips, the team I had called the Silver Tips. Yeah. yeah. So I remember we made like straight out of like the last dance. I'm pretty sure the last dance got the idea. So from my team, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Yeah. Uh, we made a dream team. So I I knew this was gonna be my last run. It, it was yeah. gonna be it. So I wanted to retire well. Like I wanted to, you know, like I don't want talking like a pro, but I love ball hockey. You know, before yeah, martial yeah. arts, like I loved, I, I loved coming to the rink with like my with the, sure. my twig yeah. watching stars play so i made a dream team so the team we loaded up with it was uh mike it was Lestoria, matt yakavone shout out to matt matty axe who has a barber shop now um nice. oh yeah i remember matt yeah he, yeah yeah there's matt so Very matt good. the gaudios silvio yeah. and mike mm-hmm. normie joe spezio um and uh, who was our goalie? I think it was uh, this guy named Nestor. And, and oh, Fred. It's French guy, Fred. Fred Gagnon was super funny. Like, Fred and Greg, yeah. And Fred's like, every time, because Fred never had a guy, hey, tu peux prendre moi à ma maison parce que je pas une voiture. I'm like, yeah, sure, Fred, no problem. You have to go pick him up. I don't care. I had the car. I'm like, yeah, Fred, you need a car? Bro, I have you, buddy. Don't worry. And he was the cool, he was a good goalie. Um, and uh, so what happened was we won the, we won the cup, you know. Obviously we won the cup, but it was yeah. tough, man. Cause we had to play against uh, Matthew Testolino, one of the best players ever. Matthew Testolino, what a fucking star that kid was! Like so small, but he had heart. Guy was like Iserman, man. You put him in the boards, he's gonna just come out and score a dandy. And uh, so after that, Frankie sold the league apparently, I think, to uh, Renzo or, or like I don't know if you remember. There was Frank. He was like a Ren. I think so, but uh, okay, yeah. So that he sold the league to him, and then I don't know what continue? happened. No, I don't think so. I mean, they tried something, but I mean, everyone was like getting ready to get out of the ball hockey they, to start their lives. You know, it's not—it's not, it's not right, a career. Yeah. It's, it's a hobby, but it, it's sad that we we can't 
can't keep it going, you know, like uh, that would be the perfect opportunity to bring it back up again. But, you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. I, when are they going to allow that to happen? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, Ferry retired for a reason too. Like, I mean, Ferry won a cup in one league and then he had, like, he made the semifinals in another season. If I have the, yeah. the history right. And yeah, yeah. then he just stopped after he just said, like, no, he's like, I don't want to have to risk it. You know, everybody thinks they're in the NHL, that they're a star, but it's like, bro, it's like, we're doing a hobby here. It's not like a, yeah 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 but still i i i'd get back into it i'm not that beat up i think i could make a couple of saves still <laughs> i hope but uh you know prior to this i i'd get called a lot uh, my cousin had a or just a thursday night gathering where all you know friends would play ball hockey yeah. and that, that's what i was doing but i still was the replacement to the replacement you know so it was only when he they needed me yeah but you got playing time that's what counts that's why you yeah, probably got exactly. good and won that cup and uh you know, oh you know what i remember from the dogs adam Giancola. he was underrated yeah yeah he was but uh him too he only played like maybe a one season uh, there wasn't there was no consistency in the dogs we had a lot of good good uh some good players. Well, at one point, we even had uh, Minx, Steven Minx, yeah. Steven uh, Minkowitz. Yeah, and uh, he 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 was good. he was a good ball hockey player, and we just couldn't get him for fucking. We couldn't get him for more than a game in a row, you know. <laughs> one of the best players I've ever seen play is uh, shout out to like you know like I don't like I like I spoke to him probably like recently like just because sometimes I like to check in with all my old friends from the East End yeah. is uh, Jonathan Mandrakia. You guys, if you're a ball hockey player, you ever want someone on your team, Jono, I'm giving you free publicity. Fuck it. You need a Jewish friend to do it for you. He's a <laughs> Flyers fan. He wears 88 with pride. Fucking mother, Jono motherfucking Mandrakia. That kid could score like no tomorrow. That kid's like a, that, that Jono is basically NHL 09, the glitch. And then he had, yeah, he's a glitch yeah. like that. Like, I, I remember like him and Lestoria were like the best, like Lestoria schooled the shit out of me. Like at one point, so when we made the Majestics, here's the story. So Ferry and I wanted to make a championship team. So we enlisted the help of uh, Joey DiUzzo, who's a now a successful carpenter, I believe. Uh, oh, and, nice. Um, David and Pizzi. So Pete and DiUzzo bring in some stars and they say, and uh, Pete and DU's are like, yeah, well, uh, we have a guy named um, Michael Astoria coming in and it's like, okay, is he good? Well, he played semi-pro in soccer. So, uh, but he's pretty good in ball. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I see this guy show up. I'm like, you're Michael. He's like, yeah. He's like, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm Andrew. And he's like, all right, that's cool. Man. He's like, just have fun. At one point there's a ball coming and, you ever watch that video of like of like Logan Couture trying to go after Pavel Datsuk and Pavel Datsuk just makes it just like breaks that's his knee. Around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Basically. Shatters him. Shatters <laughs> him. So Michael Astoria, my my claim to fame of like first meeting Mike was when uh, he he just dangled me and then gave a one time pass to David uh, Santoyani, who became Ferry's first line mate and made Ferry into a better finisher. Like Ferry and and Santo were like. It was incredible. Like, Santo's like a small guy. Like, he's a very small guy. But, man, that guy could fucking wire a puck, a ball. Like, and then Fairy's just with his size, knows how to feed Santo. It was kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, my. It was kind of like Max Pacioretty and David Dayarnay, for lack of a better comparison. Those two. Yeah, yeah. One was a finisher, nice. one was a playmaker. But, like, Santo could score, man. But don't piss him off. Because, like, Santo, when he, was, when he got angry... Oh my God! Like he's he had like that Michael Jordan ferocity, man. Just going nice. after him, man. And yeah, Vince Renda too was a good player, though. Like, what what do you remember about Vince, man, when he was on the Dogs? 
Uh, you know, I also played with Vince in a, like a beer league on, uh, I think it was Tuesdays or Thursday nights. And uh, we, uh, shout out to him because uh, not I I haven't seen him in a while. I'd uh, like to catch up with him. But uh, yeah, he was, he was I'd say, uh, he was a big leader in the team. He was like, uh, he reminded me of his play style a lot of uh, Matt Norm- Norman Day. Yeah, poor man's Norman Day. Not a poor man, but like similar. Yeah, yeah, he he had the the speed, uh, everything though the work, but uh, just uh, Matt was maybe I'd say just a bit of a better finisher, and uh, but yeah, exactly, he was solid though all around, and uh, yeah, then we we play a couple of nights in our other league, and uh, I remember funny story, we I think he, we he even we tried to start a band together. <laughs> You and Believe Vince? it or not, yeah, me and Vince, yeah. But I mean, I think I went to one or two practices together, and then uh, yeah, that never that never panned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay, tried, man. So what are you up to now? Uh, I mean, now that you know he's been sticking on ball hockey, I knew this would this conversation would bring back memories and uh, yeah. no. Um, what are you up to now? I mean, like I understand you know you're not really working. So what's uh, what's the expectation you have like for even though we said 2021 is a write off. Yeah, I think 2021 will be a write-off for aviation. I don't think there'll be a rise in, in flights. Uh, I'm hoping to see by the end of the year, you know, gyms and restaurants come back to to normal or so, just at least open, you know, to ha- and allow some sort of, you know, whether it's booking time slots, uh, you know, just, just something that can keep people afloat, right? Because right now, uh, just having them shut down for no uh no good reason you know just saying that oh those are dangerous gathering places is not a good enough reason for me because there's tons of gathering places right now so you can't pick and choose as you feel fit you know so uh yeah 2020 will probably be a write-off i see myself uh you know uh probably continue doing uh, some work with my brother and his construction company and uh, just hope for the best. Maybe see a turnaround at the end of the year. If not, I'll uh, move on. I'll, uh, I don't know. I, ha- I haven't really thought of applying to another aviation job just because it's probably limited right now because there's an influx in pilots who are available to work right now. So I, I can't imagine I'd be more qualified than the next guy because there's tons of qualified pilots out there right now. I mean, once you get that pilot license, it's a, I've heard the stories and it sounds like it's so true. Once you get that pilot license, it's like, it's like you've attained like a new level of freedom when you're in the sky. Like it's like you feel free. Oh yeah, for sure. My first solo flight was, was fantastic. It was just uh another level of freedom that you, you don't feel on earth ever, you know, <laughs> ever. And being, being in control of that the entire time is, is one of the greatest feelings. And I'd, re- I'd recommend fly- flying for anyone, you know, as long as you're not afraid of it, really. Uh, anyone can do it. It's not like you need to be a genius or a mathematician or know all the physics behind it. You know, you'll learn. And, you know, as long as you have good study habits, you can pick it up and you work hard. Anyone can really do it and it, i it is a great career path you know it's not looking good right now but it is great and you know you achieve a lot of self uh accomplishments and it's been really fun for me so far and rewarding for sure that's but awesome I, man where can people yeah. reach you on social media if they ever want to connect like with what you're doing right now to yeah, like, raise so awareness i'm uh on uh instagram you could find me at uh, drew dog pilot age 
And uh, if not, I'm on Facebook, just under my name, Andrew Angelo Guerrieri. And I'm open to any questions you have on aviation. You know, I get tons of people who ask me through friends of friends, you know, where did you start your career? How did you start off? And I'm always open to helping anyone out who needs the advice, you know, where to start, what school I went to, you know, what I, how I went about getting a student loan. You know, I have all that information and, you know, I have years of it because it's not my, you know, it's eight years that I've been doing this. So I've gone through all the ropes. I can help anyone out and I'd be happy to help uh, anyone who, who wants it. Nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thanks for coming on, uh, you know, discuss this because I mean, it's, it sucks. I mean, as mentioned, there's you, friend Sarah, who's a flight attendant. So shout out to Sarah Capozo. You know, she's doing her stuff, her stuff mm-hmm. too, to get, to get awareness going. So keep it up guys. You know, like no one deserves to have their livelihood taken away. Like it's, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me, Andrew. I appreciate it. It was really nice uh, reconnecting with you. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, doing this maybe again sometime in the future. We'll uh, reconvene, you know, check up. Doors always always open. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I'm just pumping out. I got pumping out content. You know, it keeps me busy. It keeps me active. It's good. That's important. That's what you need. I'm not trying to scroll too much on social media and then, you know, obviously watch too much TV. It's just going to fry my brain. So this is like my new. Yes. Good. It's a great, great way to, to normalize whatever's going on right now. (laughs) Exactly. All right. All right, guys. Episode will be on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, any other audio platform. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the most smartest technically, but it'll be up everywhere when it's up. So you'll know when it's up and when you know, like share, subscribe, let's raise awareness because uh, our aviation industry needs help right now. Not only aviation, but whether it's your gym owner, restaurant, small business, uh, if you want to come on the Drew Experience, by all means, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Drew Nomad 7. Uh, look me up on Facebook, Drew Michaels. If you're, uh, if you're a business, small business owner that needs a platform struggling, you know, let's see what we can do. So, uh, I mean, I can't do much, but if I can give you a platform and that makes a create awareness, that's all I care about. All right. Thanks again for having me, Andrew. Anytime. Have a good night. Take care.